0: And now, for the review of the day. Okay, we got one from Alex Norkus, five stars, Rebus University Certified Listing Agent Course helped take my listing presentation skills to the next level. I used techniques taught in that course to pick up my first million-dollar-plus listing. Highly recommended any course Rebus University offers. That's Mr. Alex Norcus. Thanks, Alex. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. Okay, Rockstar Nation, boy, we have a great guest today. I got Mr. James Coburn coming from outside Seattle, Washington. And James uh, wrote this book called Resucceed, and it is blowing it up out there on the book charts. And so happens that James is a consultant for John L. Scott Real Estate. He has over 80 owners of John L. Scott franchises that he consults with. And his wife is a real estate agent. He used to be heavily in the real estate agent game himself. And uh, so he knows all things real estate and is surrounded by real estate. And We're going to talk about resucceeding succeeding and uh, some of the things he's mentioning in books and some of the things that he recommends to his 80 uh, business owners of the franchises to do on a regular basis and to do to, to blow up their business as many of them are currently. So without further ado, James, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars.
1: Pat, thank you for having me out and I just appreciate uh, the opportunity.
0: Hey James, why don't you uh, give everybody a little rundown on yourself so they can get to know you a little bit better.
1: Oh my gosh, where do I start? Well, let's see. uh, I'm a duck. I went to University of Oregon, uh, originally from California, migrated to uh, Oregon, met my wife there. She's from Seattle. Uh, you know how that goes. One thing leads to another. I followed her back up to Seattle and then we got married. We have three children. Um, and about uh, four years into our marriage, before we started uh, planning on having children, when we were just talking about it, um, I worked for a nonprofit. And what nonprofit equals is non income. <laughs> uh, and so, so, so uh, I slowly went uh, out and uh, got my real estate uh, license. And evenings and weekends at live classes—the only way to really actually concentrate. And then uh, never looked back. I went into real estate in the late '90s. Uh, had our first kid then, and then here I am now, some almost 20 years later.
0: Wow! Wow! Good story. Good yeah. story. Okay. So, first of all, tell me about re-succeed and and your whole philosophy there and what it is exactly that you are coaching these 80 owners.
1: You know, Pat, one of the best stories I have is my Christmas Eve 2006 story, which was, um, you know, it was a year I sold 120 houses. I had actually created a business plan later in 2005 where I wanted to move from 40 think it was 40, yeah, 40 homes to 120 homes. And I just, I created this plan and then I stuck with it in 2006, Christmas Eve, 2006 at our lake house, which is a house that we didn't have a TV in. And we just kind of really liked to enjoy time with our children there. We, I was sitting on the couch and uh, my wife and my mother-in-law were cleaning up dishes. My children were playing inside their playing Legos in their room. And I was just fit to be tied. I was a mess because I wanted my phone to ring. I had a start shirt in my car and I was ready to go back to work. Uh, Christmas, Eve. Christmas Eve, 2006, absolutely addicted to the next deal. Mm, but I sold, I sold 120 houses by Christmas Eve. So I had 120, one, one every three days just with an assistant. And yet I wanted that phone to ring one more time. I knew I'd derailed, obviously. I knew that I had uh, assigned my identity to the next transaction, if you will, and yet I didn't know how to get around that. I knew I liked the income. I liked the kind of adrenaline, if you will, of real estate. I liked the entrepreneurial spirit uh, nature that is required, um, although I wanted the fulfillment aspect. And so that set me off on this direction of figuring out how can I have both? Because I don't believe you have to give up one to to have the other. Um, yeah, that's
0: um, that's fascinating. First of all, to do 10 deals a month all by yourself as a solo agent with one assistant is absolutely amazing. And I think that the only way you could do that, really, the only way you could do that is to be consumed, right? Is to be absolutely OCD about the real estate business. There's no question in my mind that, you know, at that, Juncture, you had a you had an issue, right? You had a, you were addicted to the game, and I hope there's some people listening today that are at that point that you might be able to help. You, I mean, I I've been there myself, so I can call you a control freak. I can call you a workaholic because that's what you at least were in 2006. I've been there myself, and then. And, and this is going to be a great conversation. So what happened, right? Did you have a nervous breakdown? Did, you, did your wife give you an ultimatum? I mean, what happened? Generally, you don't just uh, you know, make these conscious decisions w- just without uh, something, some black swan happening to uh, awaken yourself.
1: Well, actually, what I did is I did it all wrong. What I did is the phone, of course, did not ring that evening, and I, um, and I didn't even need to sell another house. The point is I didn't know what else to do with myself. I couldn't just be. So uh, like I did what all uh, guys do when they can't just be. I wanted to turn on a TV, but we didn't have a TV at our lake house by design uh, because we wanted the quiet. And so I ran down to Costco on Christmas Eve and slid through the threshold at about 8.55 and picked up a television with a DVD and a pile of rated R movies along, by the way, everyone else is buying last minute gifts. I'm buying a TV to get my mind off the fact that I'm not selling another house. Uh, got back home, plugged in the TV and put a kid under each arm and thought I was going to watch movies. Well, I threw the movie, uh, Nicolas Cage, uh, World Trade Center in. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. But no, it's I about, never saw that. Yeah. It's about people jumping out of windows because okay. the the you know the World Trade Center's on fire and yeah. Well, so not a real Christmassy movie to watch yeah, no, either.
0: No kidding. Yeah. That wanna get your mind into something better, right?
1: <laughs> my wife said, uh, you know, we're not watching a movie about people jumping out of windows on Christmas Eve. And I knew she was right, although I was frustrated. Turned off the TV because I didn't have any other but- better movies to play. I just got a bunch of rated R movies that I couldn't watch with my children. The point is the next year I hired a coach. I told the coach, your job is to help me make another $300,000. So I still wasn't there yet. I still thought that I could resolve this by just making more money. And yet, um, the first question that my coach asked me was, it wasn't, you know, okay, you know, let's start, let's dig in, let's figure out your daily habits. That My coach said, James, I got one question for you. And if, if we can get this one thing f- uh, sorted out, I know I can help you make another $300,000. I was all ears. She said, "James, do you play Legos with your children?" And the fact is, I can't. At that time, I couldn't. I, I it literally, when I would get down on my knees and, and try to be still with my children, I would be thinking about the escrows and the titles. It's a, com- it's
0: a common problem. I mean, and I know a guy literally that had the same issue just last year. Is it? his marriage counselor actually told him to start smoking weed with the kids you know what i mean i mean before you know that then that and that's what he does i mean and i think that's where a lot of people go is you know they turn to drugs or alcohol to to move them into that state uh, which is certainly a temporary fix yeah. and 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 you could debate either side of that but so and and i love this question do you play le- le- lego's with your kids and can you you know do that for more than a couple of minutes
1: and, uh, yeah, you know. Smoking, you,
0: I guess the question is, without smoking weed.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned a good point. I call it the four d So it's the drunk, depressed, in debt, and divorced issue around chasing the next transaction. And I and I see so much of that. I saw so much of that, and I knew that she was onto something. And so I ended up spending several years working with this coach who I never met in person, only on the phone, uh, which was wonderful because there was a lot more transparency. Who was your coach? Uh, her name was Amanda and she is no longer a coach. And in fact, I've never been able to hand her a book that I wrote and uh, mentioned her often in. Um, however, the big, the big win here was uh, realizing that where I had done great was business planning for success financially. Right. But where I had messed up was that i never business plan for fulfillment. And I'm, Good enough to do both. I can be fulfilled and highly successful at the same time. I just have to plan for it. I have to design what it means to be fulfilled. Why, you know, what would it take through the success of selling 120 deals or whatever amount of deals you do? How would that look that you would also be fulfilled at the end of the year? I just didn't plan for it.
0: Yeah well you know the difference is the, is the word gratification versus fulfillment i mean the deals what that deal on christmas eve would have given you is gratification and gratification is like it hit a crack it's like uh, people that seek gratification seek the next deal seek the next commission check seek the next you know sexual exploit with a stranger seek the next you know thing that's going to get them high you know figuratively uh, and and gratify them but the problem with gratification is that it it dies, right? It's quick. You need another hit. You need another hit, another hit, another hit, where fulfillment, you know, fulfillment is is something that is a much slower thing. But if you look at an example of, say, a person that volunteers with autistic kids or a person that visits their mom every day in in the old folks' home, they're never really at the shrink's office saying, I'm doing all these things and I'm not happy. Right. Um, They're just kind of naturally happy and fulfillment is a much longer thing. You know, I know when I, you know, contribute, uh, which I do to several charities and have relationships with people, of those charities, those, those feelings last even to this day. And I may have not even volunteered with those folks a long time. So, so one of the things I wanted to ask you is why are real estate agents why do they tend to be kind of unhappy and it's kind of a loaded question but is this, is it because we have such a gratification based business that we're involved in
1: you know it is interesting i mean we the just the nature of the business and how we get it and 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 you know how by the time we get paid <laughs> the money spent, you know, there really is this tendency, if you will, to, uh, to be moving on to the next thing, to be building that pipeline and then never, um, I, you know, I talk in my book about the, the, the value of celebration and yet all of us are so worried that while we're celebrating a win, right, or while we're celebrating being alive, right, we're worried the ground, while we're jumping for joy, we're worried the ground perhaps will be missing when we land. And so there's that there is that there is that tendency to say, Well, gosh, I don't want to jinx this thing. And then you get into this cycle of not wanting to jinx things. You know, jinx the next deal. It's like the, the guy that never turns in the transaction to the office, right? Because he doesn't wanna he, he doesn't want to jinx if it'll close. That's well, asinine, nine, by the way. And
0: yeah. I know there's some other people that
1: do that makes it Oh yeah. It's I just think it's the nature of kind of being, of, of constantly looking for the next deal. Or not and, wanting
0: to count your commission. Yeah,
1: right, right. And so, uh, you know, I mean, I think it's a, a greater conversation. But for me, my biggest, my biggest thing was I realized that I needed a business plan, if you will, fulfillment. But this needed to be something that I did on a daily basis.
0: I like this. I like this idea. Okay, so how do real estate agents listening build a business plan for fulfillment, this is key here.
1: Well, I think first you got to build a business plan for success and achievement. Yeah, I think let's you, let's I, assume they've already let's done assume it. that's done. That you've done that. By the way, my way to do that is to take what I call a drive. So every year, right around October, I would actually just take a drive and I would write down exactly what I wanted to go down next year and uh in terms of you know transactions where i met them you know right, how, right. how much blah 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 let's assume would, that's done so let's how, assume how that's it with fulfillment yeah well well the thing is that where i stopped is just doing that what i would say is you're adding in okay at the end of these benchmarks what does it mean to be fulfilled by them how does it look for you so is there you know what is the feeling that you have when you hit these benchmarks are you know what I, I mentioned, you know, I mentioned earlier celebration or, you know, the, the aspects of reflection or how does it look, you know, when you go on vacation, are you going on vacation because you're just exhausted or you're going on vacation? What's the reason behind the reason, if you will, that you're doing things Yeah, and, yeah. And, wow. and establishing those just as much as, you know, make five calls every day, you know, kind of thing. Um, but for me, the, the biggest thing, thing that happened is that I started writing down what I call great questions right before I go to sleep on a three by five card. All so right, cool. this th- this is the way what I call hacking your sleep. So it's interesting that, you know, you, Pat, you've probably slept on a big decision, right? Oh, yeah.
0: Or not yeah. slept. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So this is the the concept of sleeping on a big decision. But instead of a big decision, it's sleeping on a big question. a Great question. I love this. Uh, I, what I love, what I found is that um, high-achieved, highly successful individuals just try to have all the right answers. I'll just run around having answers, 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 answers. Like we pride ourselves on having the right answers. Yeah, right?
0: having the right answers or what, what I think what even gives, gives the more gratification piece, which adds to the addiction, right, is being resourceful enough to solve the problem without having the answer. You know what I mean? Getting the answer. I think there's some gratification, you know, little stimuli that go to your brain, you know, for solving problems, solving problems, solving problems, resourcefulness, I'm resourceful. And then you get down and do the Legos and, damn, there's no problems to solve, right? Except right. for, you know, so, okay, so keep going, keep going. You get a three by five card, you're getting ready to write questions. What what kind of questions? Give, give me some exact specifics of what I should be writing down before I go to bed.
1: Well, so I've broken it down into the three Rs you know, I've, the book's called Re-Succeed. So the three Rs is reassess, reaffirm and re-engage questions. So, first of all, I'm not going to be the guy that tells you, you've got to ask this certain question. You're asking three different questions every evening. You're writing them on a 3 by 5 card. You're resisting the need to answer them, which is going to be hard, initially. You're asking great questions about things you literally don't have the answer to. I mean, one, one example of a question would be, what are the subtle things I do or think that keep me from showing up in the whatever, whatever part of yeah, area of your life, right? Lego. Or in what area of my life do Lego I use, <laughs> right, in what area do, uh, of my life do I use my confidence and assert my power to keep others away or isolate myself from growth opportunities? Probably at the office where, you, yeah. you know, you don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah, just yeah head down, yeah, blinders yeah. on. Right. Don't make eye contact. Yeah. Right. But what what's interesting is by asking these questions of being interested in your life, finally, rather than interesting, because, damn, we're so good at being interesting, especially to our clients and... Uh, Everyone, but by the way, oh, our yeah. coworkers. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're so. I was mean, like the guy that has blinders, and no one likes at the office. Is the guy that kicks butt out in real estate, right? Like everyone loves this guy. He's out there having dinners, and or she's out there having dinners with them. You know, their best friends is their clients, but no one likes them at the office, right? So there's something going on there, and the and the point is the point is that what we need to get better at is asking questions that that actually. Our brain goes to work on while we're sleeping. What that's where the science happens. Okay, and, so
0: yeah. so 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 this makes a lot of sense. But I need you to slow it down and go back to the three questions because there's people driving down the road that are like, hey, the, you know, these are I want to do this, uh, but you went too fast. So what is the? Give me just give it to one, two, three. Like what is the first one? What did you say? It's a re re what reassess
1: right? Yeah. So the first. Great question if you will be like a reassess question.
0: What does Just, reassess mean? Like define well, that.
1: I'm gonna define it by five different type of reassess reassess questions. You've got reassessing your language, your internal language with yourself, which is way more brutal than anything you could be that could be spoken to you. Reassessing your energy, right? So I call it managing energy rather than working out, by the way, because really all we want ultimately is energy. And then I and then reassessing your comfort zone. So what comfort zones in your life hold you back from fulfillment or whatever resistance? What's your resistance? Uh, there's a book called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield that I love, where he where he speaks about resistance. And for example, resistance could be going to a marriage counselor. For some, it could be a great thing, right? But then for others, going to a marriage counselor gives them the grand excuse to not work on their marriage for a year while they're going to counseling. So it's you know, what area of your life specifically is it a form of resistance? For example, when I was writing my book, one of my forms of resistance was drinking. I would find that I would, hey, I'll go to a bar with Wi-Fi and write another chapter. One thing leads to another. I've had a couple beers. I'm not in the mood to write a chapter. I realized if I'm going to finish this book, I got to quit for a little while. So I actually... Abandon the whole drinking, you know, happy hour standard, you know, uh, realtor life for a while. Finish the book because I identified that was a form of resistance. So, uh, it's a wonderful, it's an awesome book. When you, My chapter on resistance really, really sparks that. I love
0: resistance. I always say to my kids and my wife, they hate it. Mm. But I, I quote uh, Sean Stevenson and mm. uh, he says, resistance equals existence. Ooh. And essentially that just means, you know, that if you're resisting something, it's be, because it exists. Like if I, if I call you John instead of James, you're not going to get mad because we just met, right? You're going to be right. like, uh, whatever. So, so it's not true. Your name isn't John,
1: right? right. Your
0: name is James. But right, if I say exactly. something you secretly abhor and I say, John, you're looking a little chubby since the last time we talked. If you secretly abhor, how you look in the mirror you're going to resist you're going to screw you pat we just met you don't even know me you don't have the right to tell me that you know that's that's resistance mm-hmm. the reason you're resisting that and defending that is because it exists
1: or exactly right and
0: i'm not saying that about you because i've never met right. you until today yeah. so but you yeah. know what i'm saying that's yeah. using that as an yeah. example yeah
1: well so you know and I could go we could spend an hour on resistance but the next type of question yeah, is yeah second one yeah is reengage which is really reengaging in your life what does that mean that means first things first what's the most first things first thing you should do reengage okay you know, so that, this is kind of like a dollar productive activity or or
0: what's your, what's most important to me
1: yeah so there like, we go like, you, you know in what,
0: one of i got to play legos today
1: with the one kids. one of the quotes i love on reengage uh with uh is is gary keller uh, with the one thing talking about what is the one thing that if you did that one thing everything else would be meaningless or unnecessary so that's that first things first question there's the reflection are you reflecting are you are you spending time like i actually budget 30 minutes just to reflect You know, there's this incredible value around reflection. And yet, you know, I remember this one book I read, and I don't even remember what the name of that book was, but it was a gentleman who was a CEO and president of a company who would look out the window once a day for 30 minutes. Everyone that worked around him would notice that. And it it came you know, he finally admitted, I actually have scheduled this time to allow myself to reflect, to productively daydream, if you will. So um, uh, enoughness. So, this huge concept uh, on. Come- daydream. I love that. <laughs> so, I appreciate you liking that. So, then the next one is on reengage, is the whole idea of enoughness. And here's a biggie the whole idea that a lot of times we don't do certain things because we don't think we're enough to do those things. And that enoughness whole conversation, again, another sermon. Um, interestingly enough, is, is something that we adopted, accepted, or we told ourselves at one point in our life. So let's investigate that. When did that happen where you thought you weren't enough? And by the way, let's not live our life or run our our careers or build our real estate business as if we're not enough, hoping someday we will be. The problem is that when you live as if you're not enough and hoping someday you will be, you living in a lack state. And so if your real estate business is this is based on not not being enough, and hopefully someday you will be enough, then it's almost like you're hoping someday you'll get a, a, a card, like a membership card, right? To the school of enoughness, if you will, to the you know, in yeah. we in school and, of and, enoughness, yeah. And, it's like and, John Fogarty says someday never comes, right? Right. Right. Sorry. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. So next question is uh, what I call echo. So as we echo our enoughness, as we echo who we are, as we become more authentic, then people hear us. That's what echo is. People hear us. Right. And we hear it as well. So and then lastly is digest. So spend time digesting what has just happened is sometimes we skip all that we skip, we don't say, okay, what was the good and the bad of that tra- transaction? Or how, how could that have gone differently? Or how could my internal language have changed, you know, to make that better? I mean, I remember one. I had a horrible client experience once, and I came home, I sat on the back patio, my wife came out and said, what's going on? I said, I want to tell you why I feel kicked in the gut. And so she listened. And then halfway through that conversation, I realized if I say I feel kicked in the gut, then how do I feel? Kicked in the gut. Yeah, you got a yeah.
0: stomachache. Yeah.
1: So I said, "Honey, I'm changing this up. I'm going to tell you why I feel annoyed." <laughs> so changed everything, by the way, Feamed. just to change the yeah, know, change, change the I language. Feel a tad peeve. Yeah, yeah, just a tad peeve. So, lastly, uh, the third question, Pat would be reaffirm, which is uh, I put this last just because the reaffirm questions. This is about becoming, so this is about moments of brilliance that we, we've we been designed for moments of brilliance, right? So spend some time figuring out what that is. This is about the miraculous, so this is about, you know, your faith and your belief beyond yourself and beyond the constructs that we know. This is about what I call granular gratitude. So not large sweeping. I I'm thankful that I have a roof over my head, but the little small things, right? The very, very small things that change the trajectory of your life. And yet they felt so small when they occurred and going back and recalling them. And then lastly, celebration. So that's the three. And I could get into examples of questions, but there's a PDF that you can download or the book has them. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And you you and I have 30 minutes. so
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you listen, no, this is a great because I think what everyone should do, if you like what James has to say, just go ahead and buy the book. And, and even if you want it to sink in, you know, buy 10 of them and then uh, get your peer group to... To talk about the book and go over it chapter by chapter and and try it out. I mean, like if you've heard of Hal Elrod uh, who does the Miracle Morning and how that phenomena has taken off across the world, James has got a similar concept and he actually worked with Hal on it. And you know, it's obviously in in the evening. And um, Hal was kind enough to write the foreword to the book, so that's a, that's a huge endorsement there. So it's something that to definitely talk about among family, among your friends, among your peer group, whatever it is. Uh, it's just one of those types of books. So, all right, James. So, as you know, we at Real Estate Rockstars are building a treasure chest, a toolbox, so to speak, where all our guests can put something in there and agents from around the world go in there and pull out gold, silver, uh, bronze, whatever they want. Got a ton of things in there. What can you contribute as a free gift to our listeners to the toolbox so they could you know, get this and use this?
1: Well, uh, it would be my pleasure to provide uh, the exact five-minute epic evening ritual checklist, which, you know, it's a PDF and it sounds like, oh, that's, you know, that's not much. Well, it actually's killer because most of us do not have an evening ritual, if you will. We've got a morning ritual. Successful people have that. But evening rituals, especially ones that are just five minutes and set you up for success the next day, that's the stuff that really matters. So I'm going to send you the five-minute epic evening ritual PDF checklist.
0: Yeah, that'll be awesome. I'll put it in the toolbox, and I'll also put it, a direct link to it on James's show notes. Cool. I'm going to put a link to all of James's information. If you want to reach out to him and say thank you for coming on and keep in touch with him or follow him on social media, I will put it all up on hybendigital.com. And I guess I will do the name of the book. I'll do Resucceed. Hybendigital.com backslash resucceed. Just remember that. It's like the word succeed with the R-E in front of it. Hybendigital.com backslash resucceed. James, listen, this has been awesome, brother. I really appreciate you coming out today. If I'm ever in Seattle... I will definitely reach out to you, and we can uh, go to Starbucks together, my friend.
1: Perfect. Thanks, Pat. Thanks for having me out, and thank you to the listeners for hanging in there. Remember, you don't have to change yourself to resucceed. You, I mean, you don't. You just become more of yourself. You just amplify
0: yourself every night for five minutes. Thank you for turning into real estate rock stars. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you may be listening. If you haven't already, please give us a review. I don't care whether it's a one-star review or a five-star review. We eat feedback for breakfast, and we need your reviews. Also, the more reviews we get, the better our guests become. Thanks again for listening, and find me on social media simply by typing in my name. I'm Pat Hyben, and keep rocking!